Hey everybody, John Richards, A Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 10, and uh, I just gotta say a big happy birthday to our host, Jacqueline, yeah? Big birthday for her, so make sure you fill up our DMs, whether it's at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, so what we're doing right now is a, a show that we recorded a couple of months ago before we actually officially launched Freaky from 2021 starring Vince Vaughn. Actually a spin on the Freaky Friday idea, body swap type movie. Give it a listen and you know what? I'm actually going to let my niece, Nadia, take over the intro duties right now. This is a kind of a horror review podcast. It starts now. Hey guys, I love horror movies. My name's Nadia. Come here, it's fun here. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to a Cut Above Horror Review, the podcast where we review all things horror for your entertainment. I'm Jacqueline and thanks for joining us this evening and I'm also joined here by Hydraberg. What's up, Hydra? What's up? And John as well. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Sorry about last week, guys. I got kind of crazy busy with uh, work, so I uh, I got That's busy life. with that. Yeah, yeah. happens. <laughs> Everything cool now? Everything's good. I just spilled my white claw all over me. <laughs> Drinking truly. What number white claw is that for you, John? I just put uh, it in a straight chilling glass. Oh, nice. Cool. Got to represent. Uh, this is number one, actually. <laughs> Pretty sad, already. Pretty oh, sad right? <laughs> nice. I'm my, uh, uh, I got my first uh, COVID shot last weekend. Hey, congratulations. How yeah. did you feel afterwards? I feel bulletproof. Nice. 75% bulletproof. Why are, you, why are you blonde and a female now? Hmm? Why are you blonde and a female Oh, now? yeah. Well, I got a tail too, but you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> one of the side effects. You know, that could come in handy. Yeah. Words yeah. off. I got to grab something behind me. I'm getting my second shot on Tuesday, so I'm pretty excited. That's the one about I'm not that. looking forward to. Yeah, I'm a little nervous because from yeah. what I hear, it's a second shot that really makes you feel. I, don't know, I hear mixed things though. Like doo doo, but um, you know, I've got my mother-in-law on standby to help out with the kids, so nice. hopefully. It'll be all cool, but uh, I had like a slight headache. Yeah, and I felt a little. I took some Tylenol, extra strength, and had some water, and I, I kind of felt like normal again. And then my arm just got really sore for like a day and a half. Yeah, mine too. I I sleep kind of like with my head on my arm like yeah, I that. Yeah, uh, The morning after I got it, I was like, oh. First, it was just like sore and stiff here, but then like at work, it started getting like a pain that would go down my like armpit. Oh, for real. Yeah, but the more I worked during the day on Monday, it, felt, it started feeling better. Well, I'll tell you, it's like being in the military. You've got to go through all these other kind of shots that you have to get just in case you, like, get deployed somewhere. Mm. Like, the worst shot I've ever gotten was a malaria shot. Oh. Malaria is, like, like such a thick liquid. And, you know, obviously, it's got some of the malaria in it just to make sure that if you go to some place where they have mosquitoes that will give you malaria. Yeah. That was the worst shot I got. I couldn't even lift my arm. You know, oh, the, the COVID shots were like nothing. I mean, to me, it was almost like a little more severe, like a flu shot. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. wasn't as like, but a malaria shot. I was like, Ugh, like pushing my, like this. It was. Did it make you feel sick too? Not really. No. I mean, I felt a little feverish. I felt a little uh, out of it, but not, not terrible. Well, that's good. 
So I don't know if anybody was on the Slack today for straight chilling, but there was a heated discussion about Mortal Kombat for about I don't know ten hours worth of discussion. <laughs> it was a lengthy comment. It More than that movie about, needed to have. About well, it. it wasn't just about Mortal Kombat. It was about the I movie it, industry in general. But. Yeah, it turned into like the the movie industry and, and metaphors with Dixie cups and solo cups. And... <laughs> well, it was about like what is the nature of art and what is the role of the like a studio in the creation of film and all that so and expectations i feel like on movies of that nature yeah it's all about expectations and what we have allowed to the studios to put out and i've about. heard somebody compare that movie to being like the twilight like like you know how i, I guess a majority of the uh, of people that like twilight was was females a majority mm-hmm. of the people that are going to like this movie are males for the new well, i mean it's mortal combat yeah video game about big breasted women and, and weird monsters that get over you know, here. Of course, males. Well, are gonna like it. I don't think anybody has problems with, you know, big breasted women and, you know, but I'm and just... monsters and stuff like that. But I think the, the essential question was like, is it okay for that to be all it is? Or do you actually need, like, do audiences deserve a strong story and strong characters to go with it or well, the problem is in space for video games that don't necessarily have all that backed up for for it to use, utilize. I mean, there's some story and lore. The lore yeah. is mainly what they touch on. But the That's stories the point, of fighting though. games are normally nonsensical. They don't make a ton of sense. It's a video but, game. I mean, yeah, that's you're all picking a different it's, character each time. They never have like a, a linear story mm-hmm. most times. It's an ultra violent video game. I mean, the thing yeah. to me, I I I, I have no interest in it's seeing a popcorn film at best. But I thought it served. It did that. Decent. The critiques Did you that people see are coming it? down on. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it the other night. I didn't see it, so I, I didn't. I wasn't able to comment it on Mortal some, Kombat, but it kind of drew Godzilla versus Kong into the conversation as well. Like, uh, are should audiences be uh, okay with accepting like a crappy story and boring characters, and like all they really get when all they really get is you know the monster scenes. I mean, I feel like, like that's that been a thing in the movie industry for a really long time. But that, I feel like it's going I, anywhere. It, it, if it ties into the movie industry, I mean, it's just that ultra violent. That's all it is. You know, it's gory. I mean, yeah. it's it's a lot of fighting and gore. I think keeping your expectations low going into a movie like that, too, is is key. I get my, the, one of the arguments that I was making, and, and then we can move on, we don't have to like dwell on this forever but uh, one of the points i was making was that there it doesn't it doesn't cost the studio anything like there's no reason not to have a an engaging storyline and engaging characters to go with these epic fight scenes like why wouldn't you want to have that and as a fan i was really let down by godzilla versus kong again i can't comment on mortal kombat but the Godzilla movie, I was really disappointed. And in between the fight scenes, I would for me, it was a slog. And so yeah. I would have really enjoyed a better storyline. And we know that it can be done. If you've seen, you know, there are other really great Godzilla movies in that franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I mean, the original Godzilla from 1964, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Somewhere thereabouts. Um, that story was a great monster movie, but it also had a lot of heart. It had a great subtext. It had some meaning to it. Like it can be done. And so for me as a fan, I, I think that there was no reason not to have something more than just 
1954. 54, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Only 10 years off. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that, <clears throat> okay, so you could take, you could take a book and then create a movie out of it, right? Or you could take this, this classic movie like Godzilla, like you're talking about, but this is a video game. You know, and I, I kind of agree with Hydraberg. I mean, there's not a lot of context to it. There's not a lot of meat to it. I mean, you could play PlayStation 3 and play Grand Theft Auto and it's violent and it's gory and it's just, but there, I mean, there's more, you, you can make a movie out of that rather than Mortal Kombat. It's just people fighting and I mean. Right, I, but somebody did make a movie out of it. And the, the definition of film is like narrative a, a visual narrative mm -hmm. and so you have to create a narrative out of something and if it's based on a video game that doesn't have much of a narrative to begin with you have to create something to hang these fight scenes on and again i didn't see it so i don't know but just there's like, a narrative I'm there kind of sweet. hypothetically talking but oh. but it's my pick next time so we're gonna no, i'm just kidding what <laughs> round one I, I, I thought you were gonna pick i thought you were gonna pick super mario brothers for our next Hydraberg, movie. don't do that to me that's please. awful that movie is awful but I do love John Leguizamo. So yeah. yeah. Well, I like Bob Hoskins, and, and I like Dennis Hopper too. But that just did not mm, match. That was so bad. It's terrible. I watched Speed the other night, and I was just like, Dennis Hopper is the bomb. <laughs> and too bad he died. Oh man! Oh, I haven't seen that. Quick tangent on Speed. You ever notice when you watch Speed? Next time you watch it, listen. All you hear is Sandra Bullock going, "Whoa, oh, oh!" Like the whole time it's just like the same sound effect of her going ah. <laughs> it's I bad acting i rewatched it not long ago and i noticed that i was like and once i noticed it it's all i heard oh yeah true now. all right well we should get off our tangent we yeah. should talk about the movie that we're going to be talking about today let's which talk about other movies we're disappointed in oh boy here we go just kidding <laughs> oh man uh, so, so this is my pick this week, and we're talking about a movie that was made in 2020, but came out this past year called Freaky, you know, basically based off of the, you know, the story of Freaky Friday. So if you're familiar with that, it's, it's swapping of bodies or, or, or swapping of souls yeah. to bodies. Yeah. And, um, it's got Vince Vaughn. I didn't pay attention to any of the other actors. I'm not a big Vince Vaughn fan, but. It's got Catherine know, Newton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Millie. Yeah. And then Cameron from Ferris Bueller's in it. Alan so. Jones. That's right. Alan Ruck was in it too. Yeah, he was. was I name. wrote that down from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. To me, he's just Cameron. Can I just call him Cameron throughout yeah, this whole totally. episode? He's sort of a dick in this movie. Totally. Sort of? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. That mustache guys, and everything. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, maybe, Did you guys you grow know. up reading the Freaky Friday books or seeing that original movie with Jodie Foster? No, I but did. I've seen a lot of other '80s switcheroo movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, they had the that's... one with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. That was the remake. That oh, was it... good. I actually think that was pretty good. I didn't grow up with it though because I was already too old. I was in like my mid twenties by the time that came out. But yeah, um, I, I definitely grew the... up with the Jodie Foster version in the books. Right. Yeah, well. I never saw that one actually with Jodie Foster. I'd recommend yeah. it. It's a fun. It's like a family movie. You know, it's it's yeah. very clean and all that. But I think it's pretty good. And you know, it's it's an early early Jodie Foster appearance. She's Maybe, I don't know, 13, 14. Probably around the same time she was in Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was. She was underage in that. She played an underage prostitute. Yeah. I didn't realize driver. that. She was super young. Yeah. yeah she's really young. So do so, we have um, the, the original title for this was actually Freaky Friday the 13th that they were working on. 
ruin one of my trivia points. Oh, sorry. Why don't you? It just kind of seemed relevant just now. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> well, well, well. Let let's get into it. The Hyderberg reach around plot. So, what do you got, buddy? All right. Uh, it's a film about a deranged and strange killer trading places with the hot girl, all due to a dagger with powerful Aztec juju. Mm-hmm. This changeup becomes a day in the life story with a horror twist as the butcher finds out what it's like to be 18 again. Both are in for a big surprise as they only have 24 hours to switch bodies or slash ruin the other's life or vice versa. It's a turnaround that turnabout that should certainly lead to a freaky Friday of death and destruction. Well, love it, love it. We're going to be know, talking about freaky a from... of those 80s switcheroo movies in there. Uh-huh. I love that. You kind of threw all that in there. I kind of love that. We're going to be t- talking about this in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause it when we're actually technically recording and uh, go watch the movie. Initial thoughts, Jacqueline of Freaky. Uh, I'll start off by saying that I thought this movie was a ton of fun. Uh, I'm already a slasher fan to begin with. I really like slasher movies and I like my slasher movies to be fast paced and I like them to be uh, not necessarily like comedic, but I like them to be kind of more on the lighthearted side. And this one hit all those buttons for me. It wasn't a perfect movie. Well, I'll, you know, we'll get into some critiques later, but um, overall I thought it was a really fun ride. I had a blast watching Vince Vaughn act like a teenage girl and well, watching Catherine Newton act like a deranged killer. And there was a lot of fun side stuff along the way. Lots of really awesome kills that I definitely want to get into with you guys. And so overall, I thought it was a fun ride. Absolutely. Hydroberg, what you thought? Or yeah, there, was, there was definitely some, there was some good gore in this. It was fast paced. I think that hurt the plot a little bit, but I'll get into that with my review. Um, I did like Vince Vaughn. I thought he could have been utilized a little bit more like, his character never really got any backstory. We never really found anything else. You know, he was just a killer to, there to service the plot a little bit. Um, and ultimately, I felt like some of the characters felt a little weak. We never really, because of the fast-paced nature, you never got a chance. They never stood still long enough in any place in particular where you really got a chance to, like, find out who these people were, besides Millie a little bit. It reminded of, because it's made by the same guy, uh, Happy Death Day. Yeah. Same same formula, basically. Killer on the loose. It moves around very fast paced. Uh, you don't you know, in that one, you're not supposed to know who the killer is. But uh, I don't know. I thought this one was OK, but I, I have more reasons why. Yeah. And, and, and I disagree with you just a bit. That's I mean, fine. just just because I mean, it, it, it's a sl- slasher movie. So so for me, it feels like did we use did we lose Jacko. Yeah, probably. Um, we'll get her back. But uh, it, like, uh, like I feel like this is your quintessential slasher movie. You don't need a lot of background to all these other characters. I mean, you need the main characters. You need them. Is her name Millie? Yeah, Millie. Millie and the, and the butcher. Yeah, and you know, honestly, the I'm the butcher not a, of Blissfield. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not a. I'm really not a Vince Vaughn fan. I mean, he is a one-trick pony to me, but like what he showed me in this movie was so much range. I mean, the dude was just like the way he portrayed a 16, 17, 18 year old girl was, was so, so, so good. And then we're getting Jacqueline back. Uh, In three, two, one. 
Jacqueline. Oh, Jacqueline. we got a guest host. Yikes. There she is. <laughs> oh, nice. look at that. We got a guest host. Hi, guest Samara. host. Yeah. The guest host is a little baby who apparently Hi, is not cooperating with daddy. So. Hi, Samara. Uh, What's going on? Yeah. She wants to talk about Freaky, too. So sorry. Yeah, sure and That's my fun. computer got unplugged at the same time. So all kinds of bad things happened. You're having a freaky Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden I was in this baby's body and the baby in my body? It's, oh gosh, I, I just kind of like like on my screen, I could just picture your your child like like <laughs> mouthing what you're saying, you know, that CGI thing. Just Google just Gaga comes out. <laughs> like just trying to talk to people. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully she'll stay quiet and cooperative. Oh, uh, we'll be all right. No, Sorry I was just saying, I, I was just saying, Jacqueline, uh, in, and Heidelberg was saying, you know, it was like middle of the road for him. For it me, was it just was, a little forgettable for me. Okay. okay. And for me, it wasn't. I, um, you know, I, I think Vince Vaughn's very much a, uh, and we lost her again, I think. No, uh, she's there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there mm-hmm. she is. Okay. We got her. Um, no, I, I, <laughs> I'm not a Vince Vaughn fan, but I, I loved what he did in this movie. I mean, just portraying that that teenage angst, the 16, 17, 18 year old girl that's getting out of high school, getting ready to go to college or or whatever she's going to do. I just I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, same. Hyderberg. So you thought it was forgettable and middle of the road? There was just some things. I don't know. Like, I just never really felt like connected to any of the characters that much. Even Millie, not she had. She was the strongest, I felt like, because you had the the backstory with her father and stuff and her mom, her situation at home, Mm -hmm. which she did have some character growth, like her character did have a little bit of an arc, but I don't feel like anybody else did. There was like one person of color, it seemed like, like it almost seemed like she was like a token in a Mm -hmm. sense, like I don't remember anybody else, her friend and the friends, I feel like they got better throughout the movie. But when they first started, they felt like what an older person thinks kids are like nowadays. You know what I mean? I actually really agree with you. That was one of my. And I was. I wanted to hear your take, being a teacher at, at some point. You know you. Yeah. So one of the one of the major critiques that well, kind of major, but one of the critiques I have is that some of the characters are cliched, and particularly yeah. the character of Nyla, the the best friend. Um, I felt as though like she, I agree. She didn't really talk the way that I think kids talk. Yeah. Um, they're. There was the, the dialogue that was written for her to me often seemed like just cliches and platitudes that an adult would say and just kind of shoving it into her mouth for the character. So, for example, I felt the same about Josh at first. Um, there, I, there was some of that, too. I think it was more egregious with Nyla. Yeah. So, for example, um, when you first meet those two friends and they pick her up and take her to school and they're walking up to the school and Josh goes one way. But then I was like, hey. Millie, I want to talk to you. You have to stop living your life for someone else. You have to just do what makes you happy. And I don't know, that that did not ring true to me. Yeah. It kind of made me roll my eyes. And it was just like these platitudes. It didn't it didn't seem authentic. So there was there was some of that for sure. I agree. I, I felt the authenticity wasn't there, especially because of a, a, a dead parent, you know, the dad being pat- dead. Um, I think the one thing that that really kind of caught my eye and ear was kind of turning on the head of a your quintessential jerk guy in the movie. 
Yeah. And the guy was the, the guy was homosexual. And the fact that he was so blunt about everything made me yeah. like, like like drew me that to that character. I was just like, this guy is interesting because they he's grew just on me so... over time, her friends. What's that? I said they grew on me over time, but at first they definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Like I wasn't No, it, it, it totally and I think that's what it was supposed to do until you got to know this yeah, character maybe. a little bit better. Yeah. And then for me, it was just like but at the beginning, I was like, you know, this is a trope because I mean, there were so <laughs> there were so many homages. It was Halloween. It was Scream. It was. I, I want to talk about that beginning scene because it was like I like the beginning. Yeah, it yeah. was so tropey. It was so like, you let me tell you a story about the uh, Blissfield Butcher. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna do this. It starts it's on Wednesday, the fourth, the eleventh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you know it's leading up to Friday. Yeah. Wednesday the eleventh. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but oh my gosh, the wine bottle kill. Um, that was yeah. rad. So I, I really liked watching those kids die because they were like, <laughs> they were not likable people. They no. were very entitled and they cliched, just like they were all kind of douches in their own yeah. way. They didn't seem to like each other. Right, but, but I also want to bring to back. Oh so, yeah, the kills of. were really good in that sense. Yeah. yeah, but I also want to bring back something that you said is that you don't, you didn't get to know these characters. I think in a slasher movie, you don't really need to, to enjoy well, it. I mean, with those it, kills, I don't think we needed to. But with our main group, I felt like we could have learned a little bit more about them. I would have I even liked to learn a little bit more about the butcher. Yeah, like what's his backstory? Like you know, in in most slasher movies, you get a, an idea of at least why they're the way they are like in yeah. Halloween, he goes nuts on Halloween and he's coming back to his hometown 20 years later in uh, my bloody Valentine, you know, he's trying to get revenge on the town for holding this dance when his colleagues died and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, you get some, even if it's very like rudimentary and cursory, but I think, I, I think what they, what they were trying to do is pay homage to these yeah. other movies. And they were yeah. just trying to like, like create a, yeah. a slasher movie. Like with him with but, the mask on in the beginning. Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, to me, it's just, you didn't really need that backstory unless they do a sequel. And to me, they, it, the way this ended, it's not going to create that. It was just basically, you know, yeah. ham, ham and fist, just, you know, let's, let's get some gore out there. Let's have a lot of fun. And let's give the audience some enjoyment. I think what this director did was was create a movie that if you love horror movies, and especially if you love slasher movies, you're going to love this because it's just it's got every element to it. You don't need backstory. You don't need to know all the characters. Yeah, it wasn't a a big disadvantage or anything. I, I wasn't like mad that there was no backstory for the killer. I noticed that there wasn't one, but I didn't. I didn't miss it. Like I didn't need it to enjoy the movie. And I thought that the way it paid homage to other classic slasher films was obvious, but in an enjoyable way. It's like very, I think it was self-aware. It was like, here are these tropes that you're familiar with. And we're just going to like, kind of do this fun high concept with them for your entertainment. They did it from the very beginning when the title card came up Wednesday, the 11th. Bam. Yeah. I don't know what you call that, but that like sudden appearance of the title card, you know? Right. But, but, but I think that was the awareness of the director is like, listen, yeah. this is not going to be a sequel. This is not going to be, you know, this is not going to continue on. This is not going to be freaky too. And <laughs> if they do that, I would be totally pissed off. I would, I would like this. I'm sorry. You got your child there. 
This is she effing is BS. four months old. She cannot understand. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. You know, if it, if, <laughs> if you continue, if you do a sequel to this, no, don't do that. You're yeah. basically paying homage to other sh- slasher movies. You're just yeah. giving us the audience something to enjoy, entertainment wise. Mm-hmm. Hide your bird. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. No, you I got, got a message real quick. No, you got this look on your face though. Hmm. I mean, I was looking at my phone for two seconds. Um, let me just check my notes. Well, I want to say that I really, I mean, they stack up those kills in the first sequence before the, yeah. you know, the, the main part of the movie starts. They stack those up pretty fast. And I loved it. It was like, I did fast too. And furious, like kill, 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 kill. It starts with a wine bottle down the throat. And Sandra gets bashed in the head with a toilet seat. Oh my God. That was yes. great. Totally and then I wrote down, Evan literally gets served with the broken tennis uh, racket. Good one. <laughs> and the girl, other girl that. gets impaled with the spear, which is like later... They psych you out with that one because doesn't he throw it first? He misses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He Later, yeah, he like yeah, pushes yeah. her onto it. They yeah. almost yeah. had him like with supernatural strength for a minute there in the beginning. Like, like you said, like an homage to like Jason or, if, yeah. or you know, uh, Michael Myers, where it was like, is this but, guy but supernatural? Where... What, what's going on with him? Then later, the movie shows him like as if he's just a vagrant living in. Like, I, I yeah. know, but but that's the, that's the beauty of it. It gets turned on its head because when they switch bodies, he doesn't he, he's not a six foot six guy. He's a five foot five woman that doesn't have that strength. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, it's like like so many of these tropes get kind of turned on their head, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, you know, the jerk guy is a homosexual guy that that that's very aggressive towards other guys. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I to me, I loved it. I was that's just what like I felt was a little tropey at first with him, but over but time different. I felt like there was more to him. Yeah. Than that. But it, yeah, initially I was like, are they gonna go this route with this guy the whole time? It just seems aggressive, like you said. Well, and well, they, they they pulled back from it. Yeah, they did. I mean, at the beginning, it was just like it's like every other slasher movie of this overly aggressive. And maybe guy, that's why. Hey, we're gonna go camping, and I'm just gonna get laid. Maybe it might have that might have went over my head. Maybe they were doing that on purpose. The one thing I did think was somewhat um, honest about how kids are nowadays is the bullying that did bring yeah. through. I feel like mm-hmm. for do, sure. Like, yeah, like some some kids are horrible. It's hard to believe that, but that's true. Yeah, that's, oh, that's very gone. true. And that's that's age old. I mean, like you watch high school movies from like the fifties, and that's going on. Oh, and yeah. sadly, it does. It has. And it changed. was the jocks in this one that were bullying. So that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Damn jocks. <laughs> well, so one thing I wanted to uh, talk about was like the dagger itself and the the like mythology behind the dagger, um, Ladola, they call it. So. I've already been on like one rant today on the Slack conversation about film companies, but uh, if you guys would permit me another minor rant. Feel free. This is your, this is your podcast right here. Go ahead. So thanks. So one thing that really bothers me and one thing that I observe over and over again is this trope of using some kind of like uh, ethnic juju as yeah. an explanation for some kind yeah. of evil in the movie. So in this case, it's this ancient Aztec dagger, right? Ladola. With this curse yeah. on it, yeah. And this is really no different from like movies that employ a like a Haitian voodoo theme or Duka a- Dembella. 
or like the ancient Indian burial ground as like the explanation for why shit's fucked up. And you notice like when, when these kinds of devices are employed in these movies, it's almost always like black or brown civilizations that are, that are used for these things as if these people are like uh, less evolved. They have some kind of mystical knowledge uh, that like created this, this device, whatever it is, whether it's like the, yeah. the or what have you. And I definitely feel like Caucasians really only have like witchcraft to go pull back on. So there's <laughs> yeah. not, as, not as much, I guess. Or yeah, paganism. I, paganism. Yeah. Yeah. But then you all, but then you also have like a proliferation of like majority white protagonists in the movie. Yeah. Whereas when you have something like this, it's like, this is not like a group of Mexican kids who are solving yeah, some sense. kind of mystery. Mm-hmm. You have a, gr- a bunch of white kids that are being like, uh, uh, haunted isn't the word I need, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, their lives are fucked up because of this thing that has yeah. entered their lives. And, and that's like the, the mystical, you know, evil thing that's causing it's all the problems. And so you it, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And so it's just like, it's just something that's used over and over again. And it's really dehumanizing to the, the people that those things come from. Like, uh, you know, I'm part Mexican. It, it doesn't please me that this is like an ancient Aztec thing. And in combination with that, there are no Hispanic major characters in the story. You have the Spanish teacher that they take the, the dagger to, to like decode it, which is pretty stupid. It doesn't make sense because if it were from uh, the ancient Aztec civilization, it wouldn't be written in Spanish. There were pre-Columbian languages that it would have been written in, not Spanish. <laughs> so adding insult to injury, but uh, it's just, I find it kind of offensive and I wish that, I wish that uh, screenwriters would start to let go of that trope. A little bit like we've seen that a hundred thousand times before we don't need any more in- ancient indian burial grounds we don't need any more ancient aztec juju we don't need any more haitian voodoo like enough yeah i agree with that <laughs> it's a no, death I, curse and they, they they actually really didn't even lean into that at all i mean no, to me, the, it was just like you know they they just kind of <laughs> they glazed over it you know well yeah is, and that, but in a way it. like that's part of what pisses me off is that it's yeah, such a well-known thing that they don't need to go into it. It's like a shortcut to understand. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It's an HMS. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Evil. Like you said, there wasn't even a person of like Spanish heritage or anything to even like go yeah. into it at all. Like, Oh, my aunt told me some stories or whatever. Like at least that would have served, I don't know, the plot a little bit better. It would have been less bad. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even really meet the dad to explain what the piece was either. You, like, you see him come into the house and see the right. kids did, and that was it. Oh, he, he collects ancient art, that's it. Yeah, that was all <laughs> you found that's out. That's the whole explanation. I also so. thought, it's funny that you mentioned it about a group of kids before, because that's what I literally wrote down. I wrote, this is like a Gen Z, like Scooby-Doo, it felt like to me. A little <laughs> yeah. Bit. yeah, yeah. Where they were like running around and there was the killer chasing them like the whole time, but it was a switcheroo, you know? Mm-hmm. Was, you know, I switched it a little bit as far as the plot, but. I gotta say one thing I liked about the group of kids was that there wasn't a whole protracted thing where they don't believe that Millie is Millie. I liked that it just took a couple minutes for her to spit out some like insider knowledge that only she would know. And then they're like, oh, okay. And they accept it. (laughs) Which was Um, a hilarious scene to see Vince Vaughn doing that. Yeah. Little tear thing that he knew. And 
that, that's what I loved about it because again, I'm I'm not a fan of Vince Vaughn, but it, it was the the way he did his thing was awesome. I mean, it was just like like it wasn't the the because I always thought that he was a one trick pony of you know you know hey I'm just gonna throw these one liners at you, but the like the the way he acted like that in what I was reading, he was actually talking to. <laughs> you know, to teenage girls and, you know, the fact that he's a dad now is that he learned how to kind of like do these mannerisms of being, you know, a, a teenage girl, which was fantastic oh, cool. to me. I didn't know that about him. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that he, he really did capture the character. It didn't feel like, um, you know, an exaggerated version of what he thought. It wasn't like a mocking way of portraying a teenage girl. I felt like he really was trying to act as her character had before the switch and right. I, I appreciated that you know he was like sweet yeah she was a sweet character yeah she well, was she just was. a little bit like not as confident in herself since her father's passing and then her you know her and her mother's relationship you could tell had been strained because yeah her mother yeah. was afraid of her leaving you know almost yeah that was that was pretty touching. I thought, like, emo- like he, I could get emotionally invested in that. Like the mom not wanting to lose her daughter. Yeah, I did like that part, and the part with Vince Vaughn in the changing room was sort of weird. Yeah, that was a little. <laughs> Where he's awkward. talking to his mom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was yeah. a little awkward. That was weird. Um, well, you, you, the meeting you, says it's only got about five and a half minutes left, so I don't know if we need to figure that out. I, I'm upgrading right now, so don't all worry right. about Otherwise, it. I was going to say one of us can start one. Yeah, that's all right. How did you guys feel that uh, Catherine Newton did in channeling Vince Vaughn's serial killer character? She was not bad. I thought she did a okay, decent then. job. I, I thought she was great. I really yeah. did. I, you know, I thought she was, uh, she actually oh. really was. The, the look on her face, I, I kind of love the way she, like, she switched back and forth between, or, or, or that look on her face of being, you know, menacing, but mm-hmm. she she didn't have the. And I can't, I loved what the director did with that. It's just, you know, you're five foot five woman, and you can't pick somebody up, but you want to. Yeah, yeah I, I did like that they didn't make her super strong. Like she was literally the killer was trying to figure out, like, all right, how do I go about what I would normally do? But I'm in this girl's body. Like the way she trapped the one girl in the crypto, uh, yeah, hygienic thing. What, what school has that in their school, by the way? Yeah, I was like sub, you know, like 300 degrees below zero. I don't yeah, think school would have what, that. What kind of fucking sauna is that? I thought it was going to be like hot. And then I realized like she froze her to death. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that was what a pretty that? cool kill, though, when she falls out and then oh, shatters absolutely. all over the floor. I loved it. Oh, my God. It. The kills were very good. So awesome. And I loved Kansas I wish I was in high affected. school this time, though. So I can do that cryogenic freeze because it like does help your body, by the way. Yeah. Spoiler alert, John. High, high schools don't have that. Mm. <laughs> for good reason sorry to break it to you yeah because hey, that'll yes. happen <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah so that that was awesome i also love the kill with uh, cameron getting vivisected by the table saw yeah oh shit that was awesome that kid who caught the hook to the eye in the very end was pretty good too yeah the only like, time i can remember seeing a character vivisected before was in each of the killer have you seen that one yes yeah, what was it I called? just watched it recently, actually. Ichi the Killer. 
Oh God, I love that movie. Oh jeez. Yeah. I was just saying that was the last time I saw. It. That's like the only time I can remember that I saw a movie where somebody gets like vivisected, like Cameron, the the you know the shop teacher in this movie. Yeah, there's killer. actually a kill like that in Mortal Kombat if you watch it. So. Oh, for real? Oh, well, really? I'll have, your, I'll have to take your word for it. I don't think I'm gonna. Bite the Wait, you're gonna have that huge debate. I I find it hilarious. Not to, you know, go on a tangent, but that most of the people having that debate haven't even seen the movie. You. Well, I wasn't really arguing about them. That yeah, movie. yeah, I know. But I just thought it was funny that that, that movie started that debate. And most people. Yeah. Hadn't seen it. yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm just. Well, that's a, that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're upgraded. Cool, we have unlimited minutes now. Awesome. Sweet. Are we good? It doesn't. There's no more timer. I got a message that said we're good. Yeah, I'm good. It's funny. Me and John were just talking about that before we started too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I like most of the kills. Um, let's see here. The um, I thought it was like when when they switch bodies and you see the killer's lair. I just thought that was pretty like sort of cliche. It was like a generic like killer's lair there's like maggots on things and blood on things and weird deranged stuff but he was in like an abandoned building and there was like a homeless guy there so i couldn't tell like was he homeless it didn't bother me i it, it felt like the homage to like any other slasher yeah movie. Maybe texas yeah. Chainsaw. yeah yeah texas chainsaw with like dead shit hanging around and yeah. you know yeah I, I liked it personally. I thought it gave me it, it gave me some good atmosphere, and I liked that it was kind of like open air, like you could kind yeah. of see through these boards on the windows. Like it wasn't totally. Yeah, it was big. like an abandoned building. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, thought that was with cool. the windows bashed out. Oh. Um, yeah. And then you also find out how the dagger works at some point. You find out that it's a sacrificial dagger. That if you don't kill the person you're trying to sacrifice, that's when you switch bodies. Yeah, I have to say, I kind of thought that the like whole weird... like. The rules of the dagger were a little bit unnecessarily complicated. Really like, like you don't you don't switch right away. It happens at midnight on Friday the thirteenth, yeah, and then right. you have to finish it within twenty four hours, or else I don't know. I just thought it was like, okay, who made up these rules? Like, it just seemed kind of random. And like, does it only work if there's a Friday the thirteenth nearby? And, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of like stupid. And I, I felt the same way. I mean, like you were talking about before, Jacqueline, that it's like there there was no mystique behind, behind the dagger. I mean, the yeah. dagger was just there. Yeah. That's all it felt. I, it, it was just like, okay, so so you had mystique behind it. There was no follow-up to it. So, like, yeah. for me, if, if you had some sort of follow-up, maybe it was with the dagger. I didn't yeah. need to know anything about the the characters or anything like that, but you know, just yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, there it is. Yeah, it wasn't like interesting to me in any way. No, not at all. Anyway, I don't know, guys. I mean, is there anything that else that we're missing? Um, I'm sorry, she's fussing. No, it's okay. No, you're good. You're totally I thought good. the end was okay, but sort of like. Very predictable. Like they yeah. capture, they capture the butcher eventually. They hold her down. You think it ended. You think they ran out. Millie ran out of time, but then you realize, oh, the guy that she likes told her to set her alarm, her clock. Yeah, forward. I actually like that. Like, so there's like a callback to that, and then she realizes, like, I'm not. Um, 
you know, then, then she won't be late. So she realizes she's not late and she has time to still switch bodies and they do. But then like the whole switcheroo where like, you think the killer's dead and he's not like, you knew that was coming. She's walking around her house and everything seems calm and cool. But then the killer comes back for like one last you know, attempt to kill her and her family. And that's when they all gang up on him, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that he was shot and then comes back like nothing happened was just like, okay. But he's psycho. He's a psycho. You know what scene I kind of, I'm going to say this. The, the one scene I really loved was actually the, the, the guy that she really had a, a crush on. And <laughs> when they're in the car together, in the car. yeah, sitting in the back seat, like to me, it was like it was a it was a phenomenal scene. And again, I'm not a fan of Vince Vaughn. I don't like Vince Vaughn, but because he's a one, one trick pony. But like the range he showed in that scene, where he's just like you know flirting with this guy, and they end up making out, was like oh my god, no, it, it made me laugh, and I was just like. You know, that was a really good scene right there. It was. Well, and it was like, it reminded me of a scene in the um, the Lindsay Lohan remake of Freaky Friday where Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, with Lindsay Lohan's, you know, mind inside her body is talking to the high school boy that Lindsay Lohan has a crush on. And they really connect on an emotional level, even though it's Jamie Lee Curtis. And right. like, you, they kind of like lean in and you can tell that they're like really into each other. And then she kind of remembers and she's like, oh, I... I have to go. I can't do this. And it reminded me of that because they really, for a minute, like they really connected emotionally and had like a really heartfelt scene together. And then, I mean, I was kind of impressed that they went there with actually having to make out. Um, clearly it was like a stage thing where like the hands in front of the face, but. Which is, uh, which is why this is a Gen Z movie. I mean, the, yeah, the, the yeah. way they've turned everything on its head, you know, that, that, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I guess growing in the growing up in the West Coast and just being accepting of everything and everybody mm-hmm. is that, uh, that I've known this my entire life. But the fact that they're putting this on cell, celluloid or whatever whatever you want to call it is yeah. like awesome to me. I like I'm like I, I'm impressed by this. Why why didn't they do this ten years ago? Yeah, I think that's like a legit way to make progress. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I agree with you, John. I thought that was a great scene um, that showed like real emotional connection. It's like an illustration that, you know, attraction is to like a person, like what's on the inside. Yeah. And, uh, that, and like that's first and foremost is like you connect with a person and the, the outer stuff is the outer stuff. So. And I thought the character, the, the character builder that was awesome, but I, it also impressed me of Vince Vaughn of being able to do that because again, I think I always thought he was a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. Let me throw some one liners at you. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to be in old school or whatever movie he's going to be in swingers. Do but I like thought it was really crashers? good. Huh? Do you like wedding crashers? It was okay. I mean, it, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. I like wedding crashers. I mean, I, I like Vince Vaughn and things. It's, um, I liked him. And what was that movie where he played the Godfather in the, uh, the sorority? Uh, no, that oh. old school. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was old school. Like them in that. Earmuffs. <laughs> exactly. Like Earmuffs tomorrow. <laughs> I, li- I like him in that. I like Vince Vaughn in general. I wouldn't say like I, 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 I don't. Like I, I thought because I always think that he just he he's the guy for one liners. I mean, he's just like yeah. he, he's the, there yeah. to 
make fun of somebody, but also be the heart, you know? And yeah. again, that's why I call him a one trick pony is that he does this or he does that. And okay. Yeah. I've seen Vince Vaughn's character, but this is why I liked him in this movie. I really liked him in this movie because he expanded of beyond what I've seen him in swingers, yeah. old school, um, whatever. Yeah, I uh, wedding crash. Same thing. Really, I haven't I haven't seen Vince Vaughn in a really long time in anything, and I don't know if he's been on a break or if I just haven't seen what he's in. What about you guys? Have you seen him? Uh, he was on the second season of. That was not good. Uh, no, that was, yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. Uh, that was it's with Colin. Not Colin a great Farrell villain too. in this. At least they kind of. Yeah, like the villain he is in this is a little different, but yeah, and it wasn't his fault. I just didn't enjoy that show as much. Yeah, I liked it. Was, it, was, it didn't hold a candle. Season one and two, were, uh, yeah. three were good. Season two felt rushed. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about him is that, that he's an intimidating guy. I mean, he's a really, it, he's a six foot six individual. You know, he's a big guy. So it, it was perfect for him. But the fact yeah. that he goes from, you know, the, the switcheroo of, of a five foot five young lady and a six foot six serial killer that was great yeah yeah i uh, agree i agree props to Vince. I, yeah, I thought he might he was he wasn't a bad guy for this role yeah oh there she is what are you doing <laughs> sorry i'm trying to keep this one under control <laughs> no i know she's looking at us she's going like hey, hi, boys. look at those guys hi, look boys. at those guys hi 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 who are they <laughs> Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she's fussy. Really but uh, you scared, yeah. you scared her, her. No, 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 no. She's Why does it got to be me that scared her? Because. No, didn't, didn't you help pick her name, Hyderberg? <laughs> yeah, I helped vote for her name. Yeah, I think you were only one of two people who, I did like a little poll on the Slack yeah. uh, with the three name choices. And I think Hyderberg and Michael from Horror Apocalypse are the only two who voted for Samara. So you guys win. It's a nice name that doesn't automatically make you think of her unless you know, you know. Can, can I still vote for John? Can I still vote for John? <laughs> well, be a little late when? for that. Oh, dang it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Samara. You can't be John. You got to be Samara. So, Tough luck, kid. Tough luck. You guys well, want to get into our reviews? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Let's do it. John, since you picked it, why don't you go first? Okay. Um you know, this was just a fun overall slasher movie for me. Uh, I did, I, like I, I've said many times, I, I'm not a big Vince Vaughn fan, but I really, really liked him in this role. I, yeah, I picked this because I've heard really good things, and I was very thoroughly impressed with this movie. Uh, it delivered on all points. You know, there's a lot of things, like, and you brought it up, Jacqueline, as far as like the the mythos of the the dagger, and, and you know, why does it have to be, you know, like a Mayan mythos? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it could have been anything. You, know, yeah. you could have found this in the the hills of Virginia. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that that if you want to have a really really good time watch this movie i'm gonna say it's a six and a half kick in the nuts out of ten for me nice six and a half all right hydroberg what about you 
All right. So uh, I honestly, I, <clears throat> I didn't like this movie that much. I'm not as much as you guys. Um, I found it forgettable at best in a, in a way. It was, you know, I, I guess it was fun. It was a little fun from beginning to end, but I don't have any plans on rewatching it. <clears throat> There's nothing really that like, it's not on any of my list of things to watch during certain times of the year or anything like that. I just, I think there are better movies that do this. But I mean, I did like the swapping uh, Freaky Friday um, story. Like, I, I like the idea of that. Um, it, it was made by the same guy who made Happy Death Day and the second one. And I, I didn't care for those that much, honestly, to be, to be honest. So like, mm. this had more of the same to me. The one thing I thought was like a saving grace though with this is like the gore, the kills are really good. Like they were, you could tell they put money into those. Yeah. And they, they look very practical too, for the most part. Not CGI. Um, like I said, uh, it felt like a Gen Z Scooby-Doo in a way. Uh, it was very predictable. It's, um, it was made for fun. It just didn't have, I just didn't have a great time with it though. The, um, it's uh, the, the kids in the movie to me, they were sort of annoying at first. You know, I started to, they started to grow on me, but they were kind of um, like uh, two dimensional, except for uh, Millie and maybe the butcher a little bit. But other than that, they didn't you didn't really know much about the gang. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you're not supposed to, but I like yeah. a little bit of backstory for some of my characters. They don't seem as realistic. Um, I said, you know, I wrote down that they seemed like stereotypes for what, like, the writer thinks kids are supposed to be like nowadays. Um, what else? Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was tongue-in-cheek and sort of horror-adjacent. I, I like that. Like like you said, you you do like a little, um, you know, laughter and light-heartedness in your slashers a little bit, and I thought this did nail that, so... You know, I don't think it was like a total failure of a movie. It, I just felt like it could have been, I don't know, it could have had more impact for me, a little bit more meat on the bones, I felt like, you know. It, it was fun, but ultimately, as far as horror movies go, like, it didn't make me think about much besides, maybe some of the homages went over my head. I mean, maybe I could watch it one more time and give it a second go and see how it, like, washes over me. But other than that, like, I don't see myself really giving this one another one, another shot. Uh, I'm going to give it 4.5 kicks to the nuts out of 10. I think you need to, I, I do think you need to watch it again and, and I, just I might. Under, understand that, you know, this is one of those movies that, you know, they, they really, you know, they understand what this is supposed to be. No, I get and, that. And the same thing with Happy Death Day. I think this writer-director combo, like, I think they know what they're doing. But I don't know if that if I'm the audience, maybe for these movies. Well. Maybe, maybe. Jack I think maybe for younger kids. I'm just kind of like get off my lawn. I'm a little old. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline, how are you feeling about the movie? Well, like I said at the get go, like I had a ton of fun with this movie. It really hit a lot of my particular buttons of the stuff that I enjoy. I thought the the high concept of the switching bodies was really entertaining. I loved seeing Vince Vaughn acting as Millie, and I loved seeing Catherine Newton acting as the Butcher. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the kills were incredible. I liked the kind of slick production of it. I thought the the music that was used in the soundtrack was a lot of fun. Um, I could see a lot of the really uh, heavy influences from other classic slashers like Scream and Urban Legend um, and Halloween. And but it was self aware. It wasn't. It didn't come off as like 
it didn't come off as though it were ripping off those movies. It came off as though it were, you know, um, pointing to them like with a little wink and a nod to fans. That's how it played for me. Was it perfect? No. Was I pissed off about the Aztec dagger? Yes. Um, as I said before, some of the dialogue was cliched. I thought like the mom character like was kind of portrayed a little too thinly. Uh, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah, she was likable. Alcoholic mom. Like it was just kind of flawed. Um, but overall, I thought it was great. I was really engaged. I would definitely rewatch it. Uh, it was just a fun ride. And I'm going to give it Eight kicks to the nuts. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I went bold. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a that's a heavy kick to the nuts. I know. Good thing I don't have any. I'm feeling yeah. it. You, you got you got cojones, Jacqueline. <laughs> They're up here. Not, yeah. <laughs> They're right here. <laughs> so so that's my reason I'm sticking to it. All right, guys. Uh let's do it again next week. Hydroberg, what are you thinking about for next week, buddy? Uh, next it's week, I was thinking about um, the taking of Deborah Logan. It's a found footage movie. Um, I wasn't always the biggest fan of found footage, but I found some that actually agree with me, and this is one of them. And I think uh, I think it's worth a watch. I'm really Definitely. excited about that. That's one that I've wanted to watch, and just haven't gotten so you haven't around seen to it. Have so you I'm... seen it, John? I have seen it. Okay. Well, save your save your. Uh, your in, your take for the review. Save I'd also like venom. to plug the uh, Instagram. I have the Instagram ready to go for us. Yeah, don't forget about cut, the Instagram. It's a cut above dot horror underscore review. Okay, perfect. Everybody, go follow it and stuff like that, and be ready. Uh, go watch taking a Facebook and a Twitter whenever you guys are caught up.